the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And, uh, and guys, just, uh, just to let you know, in case you didn't realize, it is Valentine's Day today. And if you just got in the car or you're still at work and this is the first you're hearing about it and uh, it means something to you, uh, then uh, just giving you a little bit of warning there. Today is Valentine's Day and you still got a couple hours maybe before you get home to uh, to figure that out. So we'll talk more about that in our second hour today. So you want to stay tuned for that for some tips and maybe some insight from uh, everybody. Also, today is the first day of Lent Ash Wednesday. What are you giving up for Lent? We'll talk about that here in just a second. The number is 888-528-2557. Do you do that? Do you give things up for Lent? Is that something that you do? Uh, It's becoming more and more popular these days uh, among lots of different groups. So uh, why are you giving something up for Lent? Did you decide to do that and why? 888-528-2557. Give us a call and let us know. I did want to uh, mention, and we're just tracking with it, uh, and uh, something we want to pray about is a shooting in Kansas City at the Kansas City Chiefs Parade. You know, it's the parade for the Super Bowl champions. And I guess right when it ending, ended, a shooting broke out. And speaking of sources, Kevin, you spoke with a source who did tell us, gave us some more clarification that as of right now, and this is coming from a reputable source, that one dead, nine injured. One person dead, nine injured. That's coming from a very reputable law enforcement source. Yeah, and, 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 we're, and we're still trying to find more. This is, of course, a fluid situation, so there are several moving parts to this. Mm-hmm. That number uh, uh, could go up in terms of injuries. We certainly hope and pray it doesn't. So uh, I think that's where we're at still. The mayor and the police chief came out and spoke a little while ago. They're pretty angry. I've got relatives there. I gave them a uh, checked in with them. They weren't at the parade, but they could have been, right? About a million people, 800,000, I think they think, showed up to uh, that parade. You know, we're living in the Wild West. I don't know if you've realized that, but we, we're definitely moving in that direction, right? With the lawlessness, with the the crime and the, the shootings and uh, the the big thefts and other stuff. You know, it used to be like train robberies now. Now they just go rob the jewelry store in the mall with a smash and grab and stuff. But it's kind of the same thing. Although the trains are being robbed, if you follow that story, it's the Wild West. You know, and people are going to argue because of this thing in Kansas City, once again, uh, about guns and people don't know where it came from. They don't think it was like a terrorist attack or like a random shooter. Last I heard, they're suspecting that it was maybe gang related or very somebody was specifically targeted at uh, at this thing. So it's just a terrible, terrible thing. But, you know, as people argue about the politics and the and what ought to be done. You know, there's probably some answers that are better than others. But at the end of the day, it's a spiritual problem in our country. It is a spiritual problem. You know, in the the Judeo-Christian ethic, the idea that, you know, 
with that came civilization. With that, we moved away from the Wild West, right? We, we moved away from barbarianism. We moved into what is called civilization, that, that as people took the values, which doesn't make you Jewish or Christian if you follow Judeo-Christian values, but these values fit reality much better. That would be the argument. And lots of people who said, I'm not too sure about Jesus, but uh, I do think that uh, loving your enemy is a better way to go. I think having a good work ethic is a better way to go. I think that the the idea of building structure, the idea of looking at laws and justice and things like that, I think that's better, people believed, and built better societies. Not perfect societies by any means, but better. And I would argue that the further we go away from that, the more we lose civilization, right? We lose everything that that brought. It took a long time. It didn't just happen overnight. It took a long time for civilization to happen, self-governance, those kinds of things. And as we lose those things, a big part of it is because we are leaving the foundational beliefs that led to those things philosophically and spiritually. And that'll bring us back here to Lent today. It's Ash Wednesday. And uh, are you giving up something for Lent? Is this something you participate in? Tell us what that is and why. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Last year, my son John uh, took me aside and was very seriously uh, suggesting that he will be giving up homework for Lent. And I told him it doesn't work that way. And John, you're probably listening today because you're you're homesick today and uh, drinking your ginger ale that I went out early this morning, which, by the way, I bought eight eight little bottles of ginger ale. How much would you say that cost? Nine dollars. Nine bucks. I was stunned. I made that mistake one time, too. Yeah, I had no idea. What is this stuff? You know, is it all soda pop or just that? You know, it's crazy, too. I went, and the cans were on sale, but I didn't notice because they had yeah. them right next to each other. And they still charged me for the bottles, like eight ninety nine, but the cans were like 4 bucks. Yeah, they, you know, it's just a wild time. Anyway, I almost didn't do it. I almost went home and said, you're giving up ginger ale for Lent. You know, and uh, so don't fly anywhere, because that's the other time you get ginger ale, right? When you fly or when you're homesick. Anyway, I did that, and uh, so John is still going to have to do his homework. He's He's got to do that. The funny thing was, last year... He also reminded me that I can't give up kale for Lent. That's what I give up for Lent. And uh, he said, uh, you don't like kale to begin with, so uh, that's not, that doesn't really count. So, you know, in a serious way, you know, about, about Lent and these things, and maybe you're going to, maybe you went to church and your tradition, they put the ashes on your forehead, uh, or maybe it's just something that you do, because and that's something I want to know, is, is a serious thing for you between you and God? this period of time between now and uh, Easter, or is it just religion, right? Is this just something that you do because you've religiously grown up in this and you go and you get the ashes and you do that and you go back and, uh, or maybe you do give up something for Lent, but is it, is it something that helps you grow or is it something that you just do religiously? Have you thought about that? What's interesting about it is uh, many, maybe many of you do nothing for Lent. And by the way, it's fine. Uh, you know, traditionally Catholics have done that for a long time, but also some Protestants, Lutherans do it and some other denominations, uh, and many Protestant groups don't do it. They do nothing for Lent. This might be the first you've heard of it. You may not even understand the whole thing. Um, but you know what's interesting about our world today is that a lot more Protestants are doing something for Lent. It doesn't always involve the ashes and Ash Wednesday and the specific calendar items, but the idea of, hey, taking this period of time and giving up something and drawing closer to the Lord 
Uh, Colin is texting now to say that sometimes you can do something extra for Lent too, like maybe people give a little bit extra or you you do something a little extra. See, people add, you know, kind of their own flavor to it. Lent's not in the Bible. There's nothing in the Bible about Ash Wednesday or Lent or, you know, that. It's a tradition of the church that isn't necessarily bad. You know, our traditions, whatever they are, uh, probably started with the right intention. They probably started, most of the time they do start, they start with the right idea of worship or the right idea of of repentance, the right idea with drawing closer to the, to the Lord, getting into the scriptures, praying more, those kinds of things. Unfortunately, if we don't keep around the reason why, then other reasons why creep in. And the worst one is because we've always done it. The best one is if you're doing something that is really there to help you draw closer to the Lord. Uh, What do you hope happens? So if you're doing something, maybe you're just not thinking of it, but if you participate in Ash Wednesday or you've decided in a serious way to, uh, to fast, usually what people do is they fast from something. So there's something that they give up for 40 days. And, you know, do you have a reason why? And what do you hope happens with that? Uh, like I said, there's a lot of evangelicals who do this now, even some Baptists, if you can believe it. They are, they're even doing it. Uh, is it something that you do just for 40 days, or is it something that you really ought to fast from for the rest of your life? You know, if you decide, you know what, I'm going to go on a diet or I'm going to eat better foods during Lent, well, that's probably something that should go on beyond 40 days, right? That's something that you should give give up to the Lord. Maybe if you say, oh, I'm not going to drink alcohol or something during this period of time. Well, you know, is is it difficult for you to to give that up? If it is, maybe that's something that you should give up permanently, right? Now, if you're, if you're you know, fasting from food for long periods of time, you can't give that up permanently, right? There's things that you got to, you got to always do. Um, but see, there's lots of religious things that we do just because it's the tradition. That's why our sanctuaries are so full on Easter Sunday. And yet most churches don't grow at all because of their Easter services. Did you notice that? You know, what is the least, the, the most attended Sunday of the year for most churches is Easter. And it's because there's a lot of people who come out for Easter and they show up. You know what the least attended Sunday is for most churches of the year? The week after Easter. You know why that is? Because what happens on Easter is you get all of the, you know, Christmas and Easter people, your Christer people, and uh, you say Merry Christmas at the end of the service because that's when you're going to see the next, sometimes uh, those people the next time. Um, but, you know, a lot of people today, and maybe this is you, you go to church once every once a month once every two weeks, once every six weeks, regular church attendance, when they take surveys now, these groups that go around and they take surveys at church, they usually say it's once every six weeks. That's regular church attendance. I wouldn't call that regular church attendance, but that's what uh, some people would say. Oh, I, I go to church regularly because I go every six weeks. Well, what happens on Easter is all of the six-week people show up on the same day, and all of the four-week people, once-a-month people show up on the same day, and all the every-other-week people show up on the same day. And so they've all checked in, and none of them need to go the next week because their regular routine, well, I went to church last week, I'm going to go to the beach this week, or whatever, right? That, that's what happens. But what is noticeable about this, and it's something to think about with Easter, is there are for a lot of people, it's just a traditional thing to do to go on Easter. And for sure you should, and you should go to Easter and you should show up and you should be there and bring the kids and do all of that. But I would challenge you to think about why you're doing it. 
and to show up the next week. And if you're taking some time right now to do something for Lent, maybe you don't even go to church anymore. I know a lot of people actually who they grew up in some religious tradition that had Ash Wednesday and that had Lent and all of that, and they still give up something for Lent, but they're not really considering themselves Christians anymore, or they really, maybe they still do, but they haven't really been to church or involved with a community of believers for a long time, but it's still kind of a routine. Can I challenge you to make it serious this year, to really ask yourself, why am I not a part of that anymore? And is it a really good reason. There's not really a good reason, but I mean, there's good reasons. You might've been really hurt. Maybe something terrible happened to you. Maybe there's, there's some, there's some reasons that are good, but there are still reasons why you should go back. Just maybe not to the place where you, you got hurt. Uh, Cause the church doesn't hurt people. People hurt people. Okay. Sinners hurt people and sin is what destroys people. And people leverage the church sometimes to do bad things, but uh, it's not the church or Jesus. It's sinners who maybe shouldn't be in those positions that they're in, right? There's there's a reason that you might have been, you know, taken out. But take this time, take take a week, take 40 days, take whatever it is to really ask yourself, what am I doing? I mean, we're living in the Wild West, like we just said. We got You're going to go to a Super Bowl parade and uh, you can't, there's going to be a shooting. They said the police chief in Kansas City said 800 officers were in that crowd, 800 and still this happened. Uh, that's incredible. And that's, it's terribly sad. And it's, it's infuriating. That's the world we live in, though. And you cannot deny, I believe, that it is a lack of spiritual thirst, a lack of a sense of a higher morality, a sense that there is something to be hopeful for beyond the circumstances that might be in your life. And if you're going to take time, whether it's Lent or whether it's something else, to do something spiritual, then do something that's truthful. Do something where you really seek the Lord and push out whatever clutter might be in the way. For for many of you, you do go to church every week and you are following the Lord the best you can. You know, there's still a great opportunity maybe just to come and say, I'm going to pray about the rest of the year. I'm going to focus on some things. Anyway, whatever it is, I want I want to encourage you today because I know that a lot of you are are taking this seriously or doing something lent related. To if you're participating in this, focus your thoughts on Christ and use this as a time to get to know him better. Wherever you're at, this is it's a great opportunity. See the traditions that church has, they're only good with respect to are they really helping you grow? If they're not, then you can get rid of it. It's not in the Bible, you don't have to do that. But if it's a tool that really helps you to refocus on Christ, to get back into the scripture, to do some of that, that's a great opportunity to do it. You know, we have markers through the year. You got New Year's Day and New Year's resolutions. You know, how many of you made a New Year's resolution to read through the Bible in the year? And you got one of those apps and you you downloaded the year program, or maybe you actually bought, there's a one-year Bible and you can read through that. And usually it, it doesn't go straight through, but you read Genesis one day and you read Psalms the next day, and then you read Matthew the next day. And then you keep reading until you're in Exodus and Proverbs and the rest of the Gospels. And by the end of the year, you'll read a whole, the whole Bible. Uh, there's a two-year Bible if you just can't read that much. I even found a three-year Bible one time. I think you should go a little faster than that these days. This is the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Are you giving something up for Lent? Is this something that you do? Or maybe it's not for Lent necessarily, but maybe your church, a lot of churches are doing something at this this period of time and they don't call it Lent, right? Because they, they don't want to get into the old tradition, but at the same time they realize 
this is an opportunity. Whatever it is, remember Christ and live on mission. And, you know, something I would say you can do here for the next 40 days is just read, read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just read through them. Know the Easter story really well before you go to church on Easter. When was the last time you did that? I read a very a survey that was just very disturbing to me one time as a pastor is that many Christians who have been in church their whole life, if you grew up in church, you've always been a Christian, haven't read the Gospels for years, and that somehow the opinion has crept in that the Gospels are for brand new believers, that the Gospels are somehow for, for baby Christians, that if you are a mature Christian, well, then you read Romans and you read Corinthians and uh, maybe even some Old Testament stuff. And if you're really crazy, you read stuff like Ezekiel. But the thing is, is that it's not that way. The whole Bible is, is useful for you. And you got to go back to the Gospels. It's, everything's rooted there. You got to know what it is that we are about and what Jesus is about, because that puts everything else, that puts Romans or Ezekiel or everything else in the context. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Are you doing anything for Lent? Mr. Billy and Covina, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you, know, you doing? I'm doing good. It's funny, I came walking back, uh, I went up to my office for something, when I came back, you were on, and you said... But maybe it's something that you're starting, <laughs> and what I'm, what I was in the process of, and where I'm headed over to Hobby Lobby right now to go pick up some hinges. But I'm going to make myself a a prayer book where I will write my prayers down. But you know, I'm kind of a crafty person, so I I had this wood laying around, these wood slabs, and basically that's going to be the cover and stuff. But you know, I guess what I, what I'm going to give up, or what I've been trying to give up through therapy is um all that past hurt. And, you know, Valentine's is a rough day for me, man. I got mm. two marriages under me and both wives were the cheaters, you know, and no, I'm sorry. that does something to a man, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize how it was affecting me until people started talking about mental health for men, you know, in the last couple of years, really talking about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm Marine veteran. So, you know, we don't really talk about that, but I'm really, uh, I'm really interested in, in this process that we're going through is trying to heal from all these past things. And so when you put your, your, you're putting together like a journal, when you buy hinges, are you, are, is the hinges for your book or is it for another project? Oh, this thing's going to be way cool. So I had some, some wood from an old drawer, some panels, uh-huh. and I'm going to cut those to the shape of the pages. I'm going to hinge, I'm going to leave one side solid so it doesn't open or bend. But the other side will have hinges on it so, so I can actually open it and then flip the pages. Hmm. And it's going to be, it has bolts. I already have the bolts holding the paper. Regular, standard, lined paper. I don't know what you call notebook paper. Sure. So I have the bolts are going through the eye holes, which I'll match onto the to the cover. And then that way maybe I can etch something into it, you know, like uh, God in me or something. You know, something more personalized for yeah. For my Abba and me, you know? Well, I think, Mr. Billy, that sounds like a great project, a really interesting thing. I hope that works out really well. Once you have that designed, you know what? Uh, take a picture of it. Send it to me at pastorscott at kkla.com. And uh, sure love to see what that looks like. Thanks for calling about sure that. And, have a blessed day. Uh, all right, you too. 888-528-2557. What are you doing for Lent? Are you doing anything for Lent? And, uh, you know, if you're not doing something for Lent or if it doesn't cross your mind, you know, it's fine. You don't have to. There's nothing the Bible says Lent or participate in Lent or do any of that. Um, but you 
you know, and I've never really done it that much. I think maybe once I've done something other than giving up kale every year. Uh, I don't usually, and I make that stupid joke, right? But it's a very serious thing if you ever take a period of time, whether it be something that's that is constructed like Lent or you just do it because you can do it anytime you want to. You can say, you know what, I'm going to take a week and I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast and I'm going to do something that is going to help me grow. And I would encourage you actually to think about where you're at right now. Ask yourself this question. Am I growing in Christ? Am I growing in my faith? You know, if you've got an answer, yes or no, then you're probably in touch with how you're doing spiritually. But you know what? A lot of people, when we say, you know, are we growing? We we have to think about it and we say, well, I don't know. If you don't know, or if the answer is no, this is a really good time to make a decision that says, you know what? I'm going to grow in my faith. I'm going to do something constructive on purpose to make that happen. What are you giving up for Lent? You doing anything? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show on Facebook, TikTok, X, and uh, Instagram at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. I want to ask you about Israel in a second. Just a quick follow-up just to put this to rest. Obviously, the House Intelligence uh, Chair speaking out about a imminent, or he doesn't say imminent, serious national security threat. The lack of your ability to say anything has the potential to raise distress for some Americans. In the simplest of terms, can you tell Americans that there's nothing they have to worry about right now in terms of what he describes as a national security threat? Look, I think in a way that question um, is impossible to answer with a straight yes, right? Because Americans uh, understand that there are a range of threats and challenges in the world that we're dealing with every single day. And uh, those threats and challenges range from terrorism to state actors. And we have to contend with them, and we have to contend with them in a way where we ensure the ultimate security of the American people. I am confident that President Biden, in the decisions that he is taking, is going to ensure the security of the American people going forward. And I will stand here at this podium and assert that, look you in the eye with confidence, that we believe that we can and will and are protecting the national security of the United States and the American people. Perfect. Thank you for your answer. That is Jake Sullivan at the NSA responding today about a weird thing. And I'll explain it here in just a second how it ties in. Uh, I am asking a question. Are you giving up something for Lent? Have you thought about that? Or do you fast or do you do anything of that sort? Is today an important day for you? Or maybe it's a day you never really thought about. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. So a weird thing happened, and there's not a lot to say about it, except that it's odd. The House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner today released a statement warning of a serious national security threat and asking that President Biden immediately declassify a whole bunch of stuff so that the whole House can read it, the House of Representatives, and so that it can be discussed openly with allies. Well, that's an interesting piece of information to release out there. But the the, the interesting thing that to me, though, there's a lot of them, but if you can't tell us what it is, why did you do all of that to make it public? You know, if if I tell you something serious is going on and uh, we need to get all the information out there. And then your first question is what? Your first question is, well, what is it? And then I say, well, it could be serious. It could be something you should know about, but I'm not going to tell you. 
My view is don't tell us anything until you got something to tell us. All right. Then you then, you know, I can imagine if the Cuban Missile Crisis happens and Kennedy comes out the first day and says, hey, we got some uh, U-2s that took some pictures. Looks like nuclear weapons. We'll get back to you. That's not what he did. Right. They had already investigated all that stuff behind the scenes before he came out and said uh, exactly what was going on. So I don't know. They're saying it's Russian space weapons or something like that. But I don't think anybody actually knows what it is. But, you know, it's another sign of our world today being crazy and and how short life is and how anything could just happen all of a sudden that would change the course of your day, that would change the course of history, all of those things. And this is why it's important to really focus on our faith and the truth of Christ and to be able to, I believe, on purpose, take some time and Remember who Christ is. Remember why we're believers. Before the break, I asked you, are you, you know, a great spiritual question to ask yourself from time to time. Am I growing spiritually? And some of you could say, yes, I'm growing spiritually, and you could explain why. Some of you could say, no, I'm not growing growing spiritually, and you could explain why. I'm not going to church. I'm not reading the Bible. I really haven't prayed for a long time. Okay. But I think for a lot of us, when we hear that question, we don't immediately know. Am I growing? I don't know if I'm growing. Well, probably you're not if you don't know uh, in that way. But one of the reasons for spiritual disciplines is to do that and to remember that your hope is in Christ. Your hope isn't in that the government takes care of everything. Your hope isn't then in an election. It's important to participate and to vote and all of that. But your hope is in Jesus Christ, that the way the world is going to go is in his hands. It's not going to be somehow thwarted by uh, anything else. Are you giving anything up for Lent? Do you participate in that? Today's Ash Wednesday and uh, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Chris and Whittier, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good. I know that, um, you know, the giving up things for Lent, that's kind of a Catholic framework, and they might have some kind of an understanding and doctrine behind that. But the general idea of fasting has always just puzzled me. Like, why, what does a fast do? Does it make God do something he wouldn't normally do? Is it impressive to him? Uh, you know, I'm, I know it has vaguely something to do with humility, vaguely something to do with discipline, but I just don't get the chemistry. Have you, ever, have you ever participated like in a church-wide fast or, you know, sometimes it's just a day or it's over the weekend or lots yeah. of... I, I've done it because, yeah. you know, I, I kind of understand that I don't have to understand everything to obey God. Right. And clearly, you read the Bible many times. These good and wise men that made it to the print are fasting. <laughs> They're demonstrating all that stuff. But it just I don't get it. Yeah. What's for? Well, you know, I think uh, you, you mentioned how, you know, Ash Wednesday and all of this is uh, it's originally Catholic, but there's a lot of... Uh, of uh, Protestant denominations that still do it, Lutherans, Anglicans, some other denominations. And there's a lot of movements even among evangelicals, even Baptists, to do something that's sort of Lent-related, even if they sometimes will call it Lent and sometimes they won't. Um, But to give up something or to fast from something. And by the way, if you don't know what Ash Wednesday is, it gets its name um, from, it's the practice of putting ashes on the foreheads of believers. You probably see people around today with the shape of a cross and ashes on their head somewhere. And, uh, it marks a time of reflection and repentance for the Easter season coming up. And it's a call to humility 
you've heard maybe that you uh, mourn in sackcloth and ashes, right? So you you do fasting and prayer. What you're supposed to do is faster fasting and prayer and uh, giving during that period of time in celebrating and anticipation of Christ's resurrection. So if you if you really do it seriously then you are using this period of time before the resurrection as a time of reflection, uh, as a time of saying, God, search me out. Is there something that, not just for 40 days, but something I really should give up permanently? What do I need to repent from? Um, I think a lot of people don't really do that. I think you go to the church and you get the ashes or you you give up something for Lent because maybe it's healthy for you. Right? I'm going to give up uh, Krispy Kremes for Lent. Well, that's a pretty good idea, but you probably should give those up uh, all the time. It's just, I know it's really hard running on that, on that conveyor belt and they're warm. Um, here's the thing to your question, though, Chris, about it. The, you're right. The Bible over and over again talks about fasting. Jesus talks about fasting all the time. In Matthew chapter 6, for example, he says, But when you fast, gives instructions, you know, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, he doesn't say if you fast or if you participate. He says when. So there's sort of a expectation that this is something you're going to do uh, from time mm-hmm. to time. And it says it's not, you know, don't go around looking miserable so you can tell everybody you're on a fast. That kind of takes the humility out of it, right? People shouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that, you know, the Ash Wednesday thing is one thing, you got the thing on your head, but uh, generally. Here's what I think, though, and I've done it before where, you know, I'm not really sure what I got out of it, but I would say that when you really fast, especially from food, uh, as you get hungry through the day, it reminds you to pray. And it's a great thing to do if you've got a decision to make that's difficult. It's a great thing to do. Um, if you are just seeking guidance from the Lord in one way or another, it's, it's something that helps you draw closer to God. And if you abstain from food or, or activities that you would do regularly, you know, um, every time you want to do that thing, if you pray instead, what it does is it develops you, your prayer life. And I believe if you really do it sincerely, every time you get hungry, it will cause you to stop and just say a quick prayer and to focus. And when you got time, to really think about it rather than eat, it helps you focus on whatever it is that the Lord, you want to see the Lord do. I don't know that it's about manipulating the Lord, right? If I do this, some people probably try that. If I just fast over the weekend, then uh, God is going to uh, uh, change his mind and let me do this thing that I know he doesn't want me to do otherwise. Uh, Yeah, I kind of see a lot of people um, have side benefits to it. Everything from if you fast food, you get to lose weight. Right. Uh, but it, also, I've heard the it clarifies your mind. and But I, I don't see anybody putting their finger on the main reason. Like, what is the main thing? Why is this such a vital component that it shows up over and over and over again? And it's, it seems like it's critical element between human beings and God, a, a critical yeah. element in the relationship. I just don't know what it is. I think it really helps you focus and grow. So when I ask the question, you know, are you growing? Sometimes that's a good question to ask while I'm fasting, mm-hmm. right? If if you're doing it for the right reasons, and like and the wrong reason is to lose weight, right? Yeah. You you can give up something for 40 days and lose weight. That's fine, but don't pretend it's about God. It's just about looking better, right? Or feeling better, right. which is fine. Right. You know, what I would say is find something, and food is the most obvious one because you eat every day. 
and you're going to get hungry. If you're like me, you're going to get hangry. Uh, and, and, you know, and for me, honestly, what I have noticed is I do, I get really cranky. If it's, if it is about 12 or one and I haven't eaten anything all day, uh, I, I start to sin more because I'm frustrated with everybody and everything. I got to eat something. It's just something about it. But whenever I have fasted, whenever I've actually done it for a purpose, for whatever reason, I don't get hangry. And for me, between me and the Lord, to me, that feels like confirmation that this is something that the Lord wants me to do. He doesn't want me to sin through it. And it's hard because I really want to eat. And it's two o'clock, it's three o'clock. And, you know, I haven't eaten anything. And I'm going, normally I'd be going crazy, but most of the time I find myself doing pretty well if I'm doing it for a specific reason. So I will fast to seek guidance from the Lord if I got a big decision to make. If there is something going on that I just need spiritual direction for in my family or in my job or something, I find it to be an opportunity to really hear from the Lord on some stuff. So I'd give that a try, Chris, and and see how it goes. I got. I appreciate you your call. Much. I think your call. Uh, I think a lot of people feel that way. They're not really sure why, but I think you really got to focus on what the the word says and do it, and open up your heart to let God seek you out, to search you out, and create in you a clean heart, and to seek Him for a decision you got to make so that you make the right one. Craig, I'll get your call when we come back. And others, the number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Pastor Scott Show will be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. is Valentine's Day. And uh, if, uh, if when I said it's Valentine's Day, you just got startled, uh, guys out there, you still have, you know, maybe an hour or two to come up with some kind of plan. It's going to be hard to get a reservation somewhere, but, uh, you know, there's there's something still that you can do. We'll talk about that in the next hour. But I did want to give you some heads up uh, that it might save you some difficulty today if that's something that um, has caused you a little bit of shock to realize it's the 14th today and what that day means. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. It's also Ash Wednesday. And uh, I was mentioning uh, that people give stuff up for Lent. It's not just Catholics. Uh, it's uh, many Protestant groups and lots of different groups do this now. And, you know, one of the things that is really critical about it is that if you're going to do it, it's got to be meaningful. It has to be something that isn't just religious routine for the sake of the routine. You know, how are you growing in it? How is it something that's going to help you become a better Christian, a better Christ follower uh, if you do it? 888-528-2557. Craig in Redondo, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, hey, blessings, Pastor Scott. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to mention that, um, man, I just love Lent. I've always practiced it, and I think um, for me it's the beginning, you know, um, of a season that climaxes, um, you know, on Easter Day. Mm -hmm. And the whole process, especially today, um, going like we are ashes, from ashes you were born, from ashes you will return, it kind of keeps me humble, you know, and it keeps me— closer to God. And what I'll be giving up is um, uh, I have a problem with pointing my finger at people and thinking I know what the story is, right? Like, 
especially during these divisive uh, political climates. You know, I walk around thinking I got answers for everything. So this year, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna walk around and I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna say, man, you are exactly like me. Mm. And you know, like, you know, what am I gonna tell you? It ain't like you're wrong. It ain't. It's just that I don't agree with you, right? So yeah. um, that's that's what I'm gonna be practicing. Well, you know what? Listening is uh, something that is so important about being humble because sometimes you sometimes you discover that you're wrong. Or you discover it at least helps you figure out where somebody else is coming from, right? For real. Uh, and if you, you know, there is a time when I think it's important. We have to make judgments, right? If my kid decides he's going to, he's 15 and decides he's going to go get drunk, I'm going to judge him and judge that behavior, <laughs> right? I don't need to wait. Yep. I don't need to hear his nuance, but dad and all the yeah. other kids are doing it. You know, it doesn't matter, right? There's, there's a period of time, you know, where that's okay. But, you know, when we have disagreements and stuff, it's really good to hear where people are, are coming from. And it might give you a, a place where, you know, when we judge others, it's not about us being better. It's about shining the light in a dark place. And the Bible warns us a lot about judging, right? Because for the very reason that you said, um, because we will all stand before God's judgment seat every one of us, for something. And he doesn't compare us to other people. He doesn't say, well, you know, Craig, at least you're not as bad as this guy over here. Let me tell you what Scott does, <laughs> right? He's, and you can't yep, do that. Yep, you you can't say, point, yep. yeah, I've got these sins in my life, but I'm not as bad as uh, this guy over here. You, That's right. not going to work, right? It doesn't matter. Uh, and that's really important. And, you know, if we're going to be people of light, then we need to be not people who see ourselves as the one who sits in judgment, God is going to do that. But the ones who are able to shine light in the dark and let the situation be revealed and to do that in a way that helps people repent. And a big way is we we repent ourselves. And if you're going to participate, it's a good thing to do. Um, But you, uh, so I think uh, I'd be interested to know, you know, maybe in a month uh, how that went for you or 40 days after Easter. Yeah, when I call back in in a month and start bitching about... uh... (laughs) about crying about politics, you'll know it ain't going so well. (laughs) Right. Well, you don't have to wait. You do this only at Lent. All right. Thank you for calling, Craig. Uh, The number is 888-528-2557, Renee. Uh, Renee, it says you're driving. (laughs) Yes, I am. All right, Renee. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you. It says uh, Holy Spirit is at work because I'm actually from Northern California, and I happen to have a rental car, and it was in this station. Oh, every time I have a rental car, I pre-program everything to this station in the radio. Well, unfortunately, it was a rap station when I picked it up, but because I'm driving, it turned out to be, like I said, Holy Spirit is at work today. And listening to you, it's been a great inspiration on this Ash Wednesday. I did receive my ashes. Um, I did go to uh, church this morning, and I have to tell you, I'm a new Catholic. I've only been a Catholic five years, and I was a Muslim, and it's the best thing that I've ever done in my life. And I have my husband to thank for. How did that happen? So did your husband uh, uh, lead you to become a Catholic? Well, he was, um, well, we've been married a long time, and in order for him to marry me, he had to convert from Christianity to Islam. Oh, okay. And he always wanted to, uh, he was, he's Christian, he was baptized when he was five years old. And um, 
we he he wanted to become a Catholic, and we actually went to uh, Rome and we saw Pope Francis given mass. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of ironic. This is years ago, and at that time, he turned around and said, "You know what? When we get back, I have to go through our CIA and I have to become a Catholic. This is God's." way of uh, telling me it's time. And um, I really didn't know much about Christianity. I, I you know, as a, and I was not a practicing Muslim, but he started dragging me to church and we had the best priest ever, Father Hal. I'm from Northern California. And I started going to church and next thing I know, Father Hal said, you know what, you're going to become a Catholic whether you like it or not. And I'm like, okay. So went through a year of RCIA and uh, was baptized about six or seven years ago. And my husband and I are active in church, although not this year. And we both taught RCIA. And I'm still learning. There's so much to learn. But my life has changed. Well, I, you, know, you know, I and think, and I, you got the ashes on your forehead today, and you're going to do something for life. What are you going to do for a lot of sales calls. Well, I'm giving up. I don't like meat. I don't like chicken. So I am giving up you know, starches, which is really hard for me. And I travel a lot for my job. Mm. I'm always in meetings and I have breakfast meetings, lunch meetings, dinner meetings. So this is going to be a true sacrifice for me to say no to a lot of stuff in front of my clients. And that's the least I can do, frankly. Well, you know, I hope that during this time you draw closer to Christ. And, you know, one of my thoughts for you is to read the, uh, the Gospels. I encourage people to do that a little while ago. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and get to know Jesus and who he really is. And we believe that he is who he said he was, and that he actually rose again from the grave, and that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. And we think that's true, and we think that his Holy Spirit is sent to those who believe and will help us come to an understanding of Christ. And I think the more you study Jesus, the more you grow, um, and the more, the more quickly you're going to grow in your faith. So I would really encourage you to do that. Absolutely, and that's one of the things in addition to, you know, fasting and giving up all the stuff I love is to pray more. And one of the things that I do like to pray and maybe people don't know about is the Divine Mercy Prayer. This was to St. Faustina, Mm -hmm. um, who was a nun, and during Lent, it is at 3 o'clock, it would be great. Even at 12 noon, it doesn't matter to pray the divine mercy yeah. uh, prayer it takes about less than 10 minutes it's well, and, you're, and if you're going to if you're going to do a prayer you know that's like that make sure it's something you understand so you can study it too and and pray to the lord i would encourage you to do that renee i'm almost out of Absolutely. time i appreciate your call i hope that Thanks you have so a much. good business trip down here and uh and i pray that you can really take some time and get to know jesus uh, more and more thank you have a blessed evening thank you you too renee Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You know that's the the purpose of traditions. You know, if you have, you might have a lot of traditions that you know about prayers to say, and and you know, you go to church, and there's obviously in the Catholic Church there's a lot of traditions, but even in Protestant churches there's some churches you have a lot of traditions in the way you do your service that are written out, and you've always done them, and sometimes you have traditions that aren't written out, but they're really there. Right there's an order of service that's the same. You do three songs, then the offering, then the sermon, and then the announcements, and then you another song. You go home, and there's people who make that into a thing. Whatever you're doing, you know, make sure that 
whether you do something for Lent or whether you're just saying, hey, I need to get right with the Lord, focus on Christ and make him the the center of your attention and say, Lord, I want to know Christ. I want to know and become more like him in life and realize that it's that religion, that Christianity is not meant to be some kind of religion in the sense of the rituals and routines that we get into. It's about a relationship with Christ, the loving God who loved you enough that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. We say not perish, but isn't that the deal, right? The, our biggest enemy is what? It's death. That's what, that's what people are afraid of. That's why I went crazy during COVID. That's why most of the money that will get spent on our health care is in the last six months of our lives so that we can just live another couple of weeks. You know, why? It's because death is the enemy. And, you know, somebody might say, well, death is a part of life and the circle of life, and you can watch The Lion King and all, sing the song. But, the, but that's all nice to say, and you can learn that in school, but the reality is death is the enemy. And it robs you of future dreams you have. It'll rob you of your grandparents. It robs you of your parents and tragedy. It robs you of your kids or friends. And it's a horrific thing. Jesus defeated death. That's what we celebrate. That's what we focus on. He defeated death, our one enemy that matters. He defeated death in such a way that if you believe in him and you follow him, that even though you will follow him into a grave one day, you will also follow him out through the hole he punched in death into resurrection and everlasting life. And you get that not because you're a good person or because you go to church or you follow rituals or routines or because you're religious. You get that because God gives it to you because you say, I have faith, and you receive Jesus Christ in your life. You want to know more, you can email me at pastorscott at kkla.com. All right, uh, it's Valentine's Day. What are you doing for Valentine's Day? We'll come back. Pastor Scott Show will be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.